Today's episode, unlike many, is a very serious topic. I like to come to you excited and full of energy about our different episodes, but today it's a sad and painful topic, that of domestic violence. Victoria Kurloff is a dear friend of mine. She's a certified divorce financial analyst. And we had planned on having an episode talking about financial abuse and managing your finances in a divorce. But in the meantime, something happened to one of Victoria's clients that you'll need to listen to and learn from and experience because it happens to many more women than you would ever dream. So listen in. Hi, beautiful. I am so glad you're here with me today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Victoria Karloff. Victoria is a financial whiz, a financial strategist, a divorce strategist, a certified divorce financial analyst, and has so many more acronyms after her name, I can't count them all. She's the founder of a company called Divorce Analytics. When we first started talking about Victoria being a guest on the podcast, we wanted to talk about um, financial abuse and the things that happen within finances in a divorce. But something has recently happened in Victoria's life that is so impactful and so profound that I want to throw our plans out the window and let her talk to me and to you about what she's recently experienced. So without further ado, Victoria, I am so glad you're here with me today and I feel so honored that you would open up to me about this. Thank you for having me, Beverly. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. Um, I wish we had anything else to talk about today, but unfortunately, um, I recently lost a client and she was so much more than that. Um, I led her through her first divorce and I was the financial neutral. Um, she had uh, a toxic relationship that was financially and emotionally abusive in nature. Um, and she was really concerned about managing her own money. She was just a phenomenal woman. Um, but unfortunately, and this is where her story turns quite morose, um, she fell in with her second partner, who turned out to not only be physically, um, well, not only was financially, emotionally, and psychologically abusive, he was also physically. And... Unfortunately, she was in the process of leaving him. And that was something he decided was unacceptable. So he took her life. And I, I can't tell you the hole that it has been left. And not only her family's heart, but everyone that came in contact with her. And it has been so hard for a lot of people who are not familiar with domestic violence to reconcile this woman who was a big badass, you know, a business tycoon, with this woman that couldn't, that was being abused in her home life. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> this is so common. And unfortunately, I have had a highly abusive relationship, and that's how I found uh, my company. I, uh, I call him Voldemort. Um, 
my relationship with him started off all sunny and great when I was 20. But by the time I had started to raise in the corporate ranks and make my own money, um, he grew more and more physically abusive. And I had no idea how to actually leave my relationship, um, even though I was the money maker, just like my client. Um, there was so much psychological abuse. I had bars on the window and wow. I had to figure out how I could get through them in order to reclaim my life. Um, I realized that one day it was either going to be him or me and I don't look good in orange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had to, I, it sounds so corny, but I wrote a financial report. Like my papa told me how to do when I was eight years old, how to get a horse. I mean, that's kind of like my claim to fame. My, my right. dad, all my uh, childhood for a pony. And he finally said, ah, kid, let me show you how to do a life cycle cost analysis so we could figure out the actual cost of the horse. <laughs> um, and I did that. And I'm happy to say that I did get the horse. So my dad taught me that if it cannot be expressed in numbers, it cannot be expressed at all. Now he was a nuclear engineer. And so that made so sense. So was my dad. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. My dad yeah. was too. Yeah. We are, we are cut from the same cloth, Beverly. Yeah, two peas in a pod. Mm -hmm. And I experienced domestic violence myself, unfortunately, more than once. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm feeling this very deeply with you, Victoria. Yeah. Well, so, so what would you say? I think I shared a statistic with you, and I, I'm not sure if because I'm, a survivor, if that's why I'm so passionate about domestic violence, or if it's because I think that that it is so sad that humanity is at that level, and particularly that it's not recognized and addressed any more than it is. But yes. the statistic that was presented to me was that 70% of women who leave their abusers are murdered. And that, to me, shakes me to my core. A lot of people will say when they hear that number, oh, that can't be true. But it can. And, um, and you have certainly seen firsthand that it can be true. And, so and what, do you, what do you think, um, you know, in my case... I went from one abusive relationship to the next without mm -hmm. learning from it and without doing any work on myself to become whole. What, what is your takeaway from her relationship with this person? Well, we have this amazing capacity as women to be mothers. Mm -hmm. And when we are able to tap into that and raise our children, we are so powerful. There's nothing stronger. But when you have an unscrupulous actor that activates that fixer mechanism within us, it can be exploited dramatically, um, and it might even end up in your death. Uh, something I read a few years ago is that if you're, if you're a CEO and if you're looking to exploit a population, the population you want to go after is women of childbearing age because they are designed uh, evolutionarily to protect the infant. Right. So at the end of the day, 
they're going to go above and beyond to reduce and to manage that conflict in order to protect the baby. Mm -hmm. So when you are in an abusive relationship, you have to be aware of how your biology is keeping you there. And then Mm -hmm. you also add in that wonderful cocktail of love hormones, including oxytocin, and Mm -hmm. you are chemically bonded to this individual that is terrorizing your life. Right. And it feels like you are absolutely losing everything. And your brain is saying, stay with them, even though all your other senses are saying you need to go. And right. so it can be very daunting, especially when you're used to dealing with high levels of conflict in your day job to walk away from a situation. Yes. And in her case, she was an amazing attorney. I mean, she, she was a phenomenal woman and she argued in front of the Supreme court. She defended her people and, uh, there wasn't a predator she didn't think she could take. And unfortunately I, I think it was her own. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so terrible. I think that, um, They've also done some studies that say that um, domestic abusers um, also tend to have a high percentage of personality disorders. Oh, yes. So so if you think about, um, you know, for example, in my case, what they call love bombing, that -hmm. they bring you the flowers and the candy and they take you to dinner and they whisper sweet nothings in your ear and they put their arm around you. And they give you everything that you think you need. And then in my case, the day after we got married, everything changed. It was a 180. And that was because he got me. He had me. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of this plays into your friend's situation as well we can be enticed into it then you've got what you said that loving spirit we get locked into love and then how do we get out yeah and then we get beaten down so low there's no self-esteem for us to do something about it. Hi everyone. As parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. And this can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up, Soberlink's offering $50 off your device for our listeners. Visit www.soberlink.com empowered, and that will be in the show notes as well. So I'm... I can Mm -hmm. so understand that. Well, and I think 
one thing I have realized, a lot of us ignore red flag behaviors in mm -hmm. the early stages of the relationship. Very much so. And in my situation, Voldemort didn't start off hurting me. There mm -hmm. was a long, there was a five year lead up into the actual physical abuse, but the red flags were there from the very beginning. Right. And I, either I was too young, too naive, or I just didn't realize mm -hmm. that these behaviors were going to, like, they were going to lead to his abusing me. Mm -hmm. And the love bombing, man, when <laughs> love bombing works because you feel so incredibly seen and heard and loved. But the moment that they have you, the moment that they've entrapped you, that's when it all goes away and you are right. left with the shell of a human being and the personality disorders. Unfortunately, I kind of, I, I have a black belt in the dark triad at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, um, I was able to leave Voldemort through mathematics um, because at the end of the day, a lot of these behaviors, a lot of these perpetrators are driven by control. And the number one mechanism of control in most relationships is money. Mm. So you need to, well, money. So do you, are you saying buy him off or well, explain that a little bit more? Well, you need to understand how they're motivated. Okay. And so money is generally, you can find out a lot about somebody and how they use their money. And if you are emotionally dysregulated in your relationships, you're going to be emotionally dysregulated in how you use your money. Okay. And it, it's a direct correlation. If you um, don't know how to navigate those uncomfortable emotions, you're probably more uh, predispossessed to go out and engage in emotional spending, um, you know, engage in a little too much in bibbing, whatever your poison is. And that costs money gotcha. and, and every single abuse case that I have been on, there has been some level of alcoholism or drug use. And this mm -hmm. is true in my client and very good friend. I, I don't even know what to exactly call her because she was so much more than a client. She was like my sister and in their relationship, um, it had gotten to the point where she was trying to placate him. Um, the abuse had gotten so bad that the only way she knew how to placate him was by diverting his attention. Mm -hmm. And she made enough money that she could, I don't want to say buy him off by any means, but she could say, here's the money, leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. Please, please give me a little space. Right. And this guy just used her and he left her in such a horrible position. Um, I mean there's a lot of mental illness on his end and there's a lot of drug use on his end as mm -hmm. well. And I feel for her. I, yes. I understand what it's like to be unable. Uh, well, you don't know how to move forward and you don't know really how to do anything other than just exist, how to survive. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's easier to sacrifice money than it is to sacrifice yourself. Yeah. So a lot of times I have noticed a lot of these women that are making more money than men, they 
sacrifice their financial future and sometimes they sacrifice so much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, um, <clears throat> there's the concept of men feeling emasculated when mm -hmm. women, um, earn more or might have a more prestigious position, um, that then threatens them. And I think we know that when threatened, a human being's natural position is to kind of, kind of lash back. And unfortunately, there is the type of person that will lash back and create great harm and death. Um, yeah. And doesn't seem to be able to have any empathy about it until they're threatened with death themselves. You know, I've often wondered, I guess mm -hmm. this is a little bit off topic, but if you ever watch something where a murderer is about to be sentenced and they're very calm and somewhat cocky until they find out they're going to get the death penalty and then they start crying. And they didn't cry for their victim. They just mm. cry for themselves. Yeah. And yeah. One of the most, I'm very glad that I have a psychological landscape that has enabled me to deal with the perpetrator. Um, unfortunately, my friend's situation is such that he made it look like suicide. And this guy has a 20 year history of strangling women. Yeah. And um, if anybody would know how to get away with this crime, it would be him. And there's no, and so, there's nothing the police can do. Well, the police, um, the police have been completely unhelpful wow. and they're still conducting their investigation, but, um, they keep coming back to the fact that she didn't have enough defensive wounds. Um, specifically that her fingernails were intact. And when I saw her... But that can be part of the strategy um, it, of the so abuser. This, precisely. And if you have a 20-year history of attacking women and, get, you know, for the most part, getting away with it, you've probably learned. And that is the most disgusting thing. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like, hit me where it's not going to show. Yeah, Never hit my face, but hit my mm -hmm. arms or my body, and then it will be hidden by clothes. That's that's yep. just disgusting. That's, it is. That's absolutely and disgusting. It truly is. And unfortunately, because this gentleman is still at large, and I really shouldn't call him a gentleman, but uh, my grandmother and mother would <laughs> frown on me calling him what I really feel on <laughs> Right. Right. Um, I have been in the position to help the family navigate this transition because what is left is her very elderly parents and young children. Oh. And thankfully she was never, she never married him. Um, but he still had to be handled and his belongings had to get out of the house and I had to interact with this guy. And I have never truly experienced real evil like this. I mean, Voldemort mm -hmm. was bad, 
but Voldemort wasn't a murderer. Right. Um, but this guy. Uh, it sounds like he has a long history as well. He does. And it makes it even more shocking that the police are not caring. And so it comes down to having a plan because at the end of the day, my dear friend had all of the resources in place, but she didn't know how to ask for help. And she didn't understand exactly how dangerous he was. And it's because our stupid hormones, <laughs> those silly hormones, they, they just run rampant. And she had a baby with him. And so she was so concerned about protecting the baby and taking right. care of the baby that he played on that. And she needed to ask for support. There are, you know, the system isn't going to save you. And if you're dealing with an abusive relationship, you can get a protection order. But don't depend on really, that. Yeah. I mean, that, so what that actually boils down to is you need the protection order to be filed. And then he needs to commit a crime. And then the police need to come and capture him during this time. And um, the police are not well funded these days for a variety of reasons. Um, a lot of our police departments are running at anywhere from, I don't know, 85% to, down in LA or in San Francisco, they have 50% of the police force that they should have. So what that means is that crimes against women are not given the time, effort, or energy they should. And well, let, let's also think about that historically. Yes. Since the caveman days, women have been placed in a subservient, uh, less powerful position than men. Men went out of the caves and hunted, and women were supposed to take care of the food. As time went on, women were the ones to raise the children, to teach them. The, the men went out, and on and on and on. And so it's been bred into us that we are less than. Mm -hmm. um, even, even thinking about what you do for a living, I think many women have been told they aren't good with math. They aren't good with numbers. Oh, yeah. They can't handle it. And so that ends up with financial abuse and divorce and, and many other things. But the bottom line is this has been passed down from generation. It is not just passed down by men. It is passed down by women. It's time for us to break that chain. You know, I have an argument with my husband frequently about, you know, male behavior and that a man who stands by and watches it is almost as guilty as the one that committed it, who doesn't do anything about it. And I'm no longer willing to wait on men to do something about it. I think we need to do something about it. I think you're doing something about it by talking about it. And I am so proud of you for doing this. Many people feel divorce is a death sentence, but with the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. 
It can also be a time of growth and progress. As a divorce and empowerment coach, I'm an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, learn skills to help you communicate and negotiate, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Well, I, I'm not brave. I just don't want to see her life um, end in such tragedy. And we are all, well, the one thing I have been so amazed by is how many women have come up to me throughout these last few weeks and said, Victoria, I was strangled too. Mm-hmm. And I was also strangled. And, you know, strangulation is one of the most dangerous behaviors there is because it is a rage-driven action. And very you personal. Have, very personal. Yeah. And it, a lot of people think that when you're, like, if you're strangled, you die right then. Well, right. you can actually experience enough damage to your airway that you pass um, anywhere from a few hours to a few days after. Right. And it enables your perpetrator to get away with this crime. And uh, so many people would look at our lives and say, oh, she has it all together. She has a, a beautiful family. She has a great mm-hmm. house. Everything all put together. Well, on the inside, you know, I was suffering from a highly abusive relationship just as she was. And to, to break that facade can almost seem like, well, it can seem unsurmountable. And mm-hmm. it seems like, well, when, when it's inside, you can kind of forget about it. At least that was my situation with Voldemort. I would just work really hard to forget whatever happened the night before. Exactly. And pretend. Pretend yeah, it didn't. Pretend. So if we if we go back then, <clears throat> one of the things I'm thinking about is a lesson that I learned in my cases of um, running from one to the other and being attracted to the same type. Mm-hmm. And it came from <clears throat> my lack of self-worth, lack of self-esteem, my need for attention to be okay. And so I found that in the love bombing concept, I got that. And then when I got married, everything changed. And then we'd get divorced. And rather than taking the time to learn about my lack of self-worth, lack of self-esteem, I jumped to the next person that handed me flowers and on and on. And what, what I recommend to all my clients some listen, some don't, is that we have to stop jumping from one relationship to another or even jumping to another before we've even left the first. And we need to learn about ourselves, what motivates us, what attracts us, what attracted us to that unhealthy marriage, because that's going to be the key of what we will be attracted to again if we don't do something about it. Oh, so true. And I mean, I can kind of speak to this. <laughs> I, um, oh goodness. I, 
I liked Voldemort because he reminded me of my relationship with my mom in some ways. My mom mm-hmm. was very emotionally distant. Um, she loved me in her own way, but my mom had her own mental concerns that she was working through. And she had mm-hmm. postpartum psychosis when after I was born that went untreated. Wow. So I was used to growing up in a highly chaotic household with not a lot of uh, a validation or really acknowledgement. Not too long ago, well, about a year ago, I felt that I had found Mr. Right. Um, but I realized, unfortunately, oh, it sucks to say out loud, um, <laughs> he was Voldemort number two. And he didn't get physically abusive or anything like that, but he demonstrated that he had an inability to control his emotions during times of well, con- not necessarily conflict, but of discussion. Yes. And one thing he did in particular that I found to be shocking, because up until this point, he was just a nice little, um, nice little bookish nerd. He could not control himself when it came to uh, emotional expression when it came mm-hmm. to me. And so um, we had a disagreement and he slapped the air in front of me. And I said, oh, no, buddy. Like, even mm-hmm. though you did not hit me, <clears throat> right. it's a very short step between smacking the air in front of me and smacking me. But and- do you understand how far you came by being able to see that? That is growth, my dear. Well, that is strength. I appreciate <clears throat> you saying that because... <clears throat> My brain, after I left him, it was just begging me to go back to him. And Mm -hmm. I I literally felt like my body belonged to him. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard to, I have all of this knowledge. I lost my friend to domestic violence. I come from a domestic violence background. And still, my brain was like, well, maybe we could make it work if he goes to Mm -hmm. counseling. (laughs) You know, that's... We are so, as human beings, we want connection. That is the Mm -hmm. thing we survive and thrive on. And it can be so hard to say my time or my human being, my actual essence is greater than this relationship. It is not going to serve me. If anything, it is detracting from who I should be. And to make that choice as women, it's so challenging. I mean, Our entire lives, we have been taught to be a good girl and to smile through it all, to don't ask questions, to sit in the corner and to put on a good show. Right. And to actually choose myself, it's the hardest thing to do. Oh, thank you. Well, there is such, there is such, um, you think about it, there is so much shame when it comes to divorce and to domestic Mm -hmm. violence. It is the kind of thing you want to crawl under a rock and not let anybody know. Absolutely. And on top of that, let's say you're a professional woman, a successful executive with an MBA. You earn over $100,000 a year. You have a nice car. You have a nice house. And what is the thing you're going to say to yourself? I should have known better. I'm Mm -hmm. smarter than this. And the shame quadruples to that Mm -hmm. professional woman. And yet there's so many of us that it happens to. 
that it's time to get it out in the open and say, there's nothing to be ashamed about. This does not mean you're stupid. This does not mean you don't know any better. It's time for a change. And it's time for a change in all of us to help each other. Victoria, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. I know that this was a painful story for you to share, but I admire you so much for having the guts to be able to do that and do that with me. I feel very honored. Well, thank you for creating the opportunity to do this. Um, so many of us suffer in silence and we don't need to. There That's is right. so many ways to support one another. <clears throat> All you need to do is to tell somebody that you are suffering from a toxic relationship and you don't know how to get out. Asking, making one phone call or telling one person could actually save your life. Mm -hmm. And you are worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing to keep in mind with that statistic we said is you should never leave an abuser without having talked to an expert in domestic violence and particularly mm -hmm. having a safety plan. Never yes. ever, because this is when most of the murders happen. The United Absolutely. States domestic violence hotline number is 800-799-7233. And it will also be in our show notes. You can also get help at your local domestic violence shelter. But never, never, never tell your abuser you are leaving them until you have the support of a domestic violence expert. Friends and family mean well, but they are not trained to help in this dangerous situation. Now, one of the things we were going to talk about today was how talented Victoria is in finding financial abuse and analyzing financial data in divorce. And I want you to know that she is incredibly talented in that. And this subject raises her up in my eyes even more that she would be able to share. So you'll be able to find out all of the information about what we've talked about and also about her financial experience and what she has to offer. You'll be able to find them at HerEmpowereddivorce.com, on my podcast page, or on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can even watch the video version on our YouTube channel, Her Empowered Divorce. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We hope you've learned a lot from this talk, and I want you to take care and stay empowered. Hello, Empowered Women. I'm Susan Guthrie, and with over 30 years as a leading family law attorney and mediator, I've stood by many as they navigated the intricate paths of divorce. That's why I created the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Drawing from my own expert insights and bringing in some of the country's top voices on divorce and its many facets, we aim not just to help you endure the storm, but to rise and shine brighter than ever in your beautiful beyond. If you are a regular on Her Empowered Divorce with Beverly Price, you already value empowerment during these challenging transitions. Together, our podcasts form a safety net, ensuring you don't just survive, but you thrive. So take my hand and let's journey together. Listen to Divorce and Beyond wherever you find your favorite podcasts. 
Remember, the best is yet to come in your beautiful beyond. You can find the podcast on all major podcast outlets or on the website, divorceandbeyond.com. Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence. And it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpowereddivorce.com. And be sure to check out my other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce podcast and resources on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This will help me reach out to more women in the same space so you are not so alone. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.